Thank you, Heavenly Father, for the reading of your word today, August the 10th. We thank you for God's word. We thank you, Lord God, that you created us in your image for your glory and for your purpose. Today is the day of salvation. Today we rejoice in the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that your Son was broken up for us and he died on the cross, Lord. We proclaim his death. We say yes and amen, Lord. We thank you that Jesus was raised from the dead, and with his light, we see light, Lord. We thank you that you live in our hearts now, by the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ, and you love us, and you care for us, and we thank you for giving us this word, your word, that you magnified above your name, above all else. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Ezra chapter 10, verse 1. Ezra chapter 10, verse 9. To 44. Chapter 10, 1 to 44. While Ezra prayed and made this confession, weeping and lying face down on the ground in front of the temple of God, a very large crowd of people from Israel, men, women, and children, gathered and wept bitterly with him. Then Shechaniah, son of Jehiel, a descendant of Elam, said to Ezra, We have been unfaithful to our God, for we have married these pagan women of the land. But in spite of this, there is hope for Israel. Let us now make a covenant with our God to divorce our pagan wives and to send them away with their children. We will follow the advice given by you and by the others who respect the commands of our Lord of our God. Let it be done according to the law of God. Get up, for it is your duty to tell us how to proceed in setting things straight. We are behind you, so be strong and take action. So Ezra stood up and demanded that the leaders of the priests and the Levites and all the people of Israel swear that they would do as Shekaniah, Shekaniah had said, and they all swore a solemn oath. Then Ezra left the front of the temple of God and went to the room of Jehohanan, son of Eliashib. He spent the night there without eating or drinking anything. He was still in mourning because of the unfaithfulness of the returned exiles. Then a proclamation was made throughout Judah and Jerusalem that all the exiles should come to Jerusalem. Those who failed to come within three days would, if the leaders and elders so decided, forfeit all their property and be expelled from the assembly of the exiles. Within three days, all the people of Judah and Benjamin had gathered in Jerusalem. This took place on December 19th, and all the people were sitting in the square before the temple of God. They were trembling both because of the seriousness of the matter, because it was raining. Then Ezra the priest stood and said to them, You have committed a terrible sin by marrying pagan women. You have increased Israel's guilt. So now confess your sin to the Lord, the God of your ancestors, and do what he demands. Separate yourselves from the people of the land and from these pagan women. Then the whole assembly raised their voices and answered, Yes, you are right. We must do as you say. 
Then they added, this isn't something that can be done in a day or two, for many of us are involved in this extremely simple affair. And this is the rainy season, so we cannot stay out here much longer. Let our leaders act on our behalf, on behalf of us all. Let everyone who has a pagan wife come at a scheduled time, accompanied by the leaders and judges of the city, so that the fierce anger of our God concerning this affair may be turned away from us. Only Jonathan, son of Asael, and Jazehiah, son of Tikvah, opposed the course of action, and they were supported by Meshulam and Shabbatai, the Levite. So this was the plan they followed. Ezra's selected, um, Ezra selected leaders to represent their families, designating each of the representatives by name. On December 29th, the leaders sat down to investigate the matter. By March 27, the first day of the new year, they had finished dealing with all the men who had married pagan wives. These are the priests who had married pagan wives. From the family of Jeshua, son of Jezodak, and his brothers, Maasiah, Elizer, Jarib, and Gedaliah. They vowed to divorce their wives, and they each acknowledged their guilt by offering a ram, as a guilt offering from the family of Hammer, Hanai, and Zebediah, from the family of Harim, Masiah, Elijah, Shemaiah, Jehiel, and Uzziah, from the family of Pashur, Elion, Enai, Masiah, Ishmael, Nathaniel, Josabad, and Elash. These are the Levites who were guilty. Josabad, Shimi, Keliah, also called Kelita, Pethaniah, Judah, and Eliezer. This is the singer who was guilty, Elishab. These are the gatekeepers who were guilty, Shalom, Telem, and Uri. These are the other people of Israel who were guilty, from the family of Parosh, Ramiah, Isaiah, Malkijah, Mijamin, Elizar, Hashabiah, and Beniah. From the family of Elam, Mataniah, Zechariah, Jehiel, Abedi, Jermoth, and Elijah. From the family of Zatu, Elioni, Elishabib, Mataniah, Jeremoth, Zabad, and Aziza, from the family of Bibai, Jehohan, Hananiah, Zabai, and Abdelai, from the family of Benai, Meshalam, Malak, Adiah, Jashub, Sheel, and Jerimoth, from the family of Pahat, Moab, Moab Adna, <laughs> Kelai, Benaiah, Masahiah, Mataniah, Bez, uh, Bezalel, Ben-Nui, and Manesh. <laughs> From the family of Harim, Elizar, Ishijah, Malkijah, Shemaiah, 
Shimeon, Benjamin, Malak, and Sheremiah. From the family of Hashem, Mataniah, Mat Matatat, Zabad, Eliphilet, Eliphilet, Jeremiah, Manesh, and Shemai. From the family of Benai, Bani, 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 Madai, Amram, Yul, Benaya, Bedaya, Kelui, Benaya, Marymoth, Elishib, Mataniah, Matanai, and Jasu. From the family of Binui, Shimi, Shelemiah, Nathan, Adahiah, Mac, Mac, Nadibai, Shashi, Shai, Sharai, Azareel, Shilemiah, Shemariah, Shalom, Amariah, and Joseph. From the family of Nebo, Jael, Mattaniah, Zabad, Zebaniah, no, Zebina, Jadai, Joel, and Benaiah. Each of these men had a pagan wife, and some even had children by these wives. Woo! Woo. Long I thought thing, that would huh? never end the names. I just kept going and going, Lord. Amen. I guess the important thing right here is repentance before God. You know, I always say it always takes one dedicated individual facing God in mourning or seeking Him, mm. and uh, and it'll move Gandhi move a nation by fasting and praying. You know, that yeah. people would uh, amazing, and uh, Jesus, you know, just changed through uh, through caring for the right thing. You know. So we, in turn, ourselves, you know, it's kind of like, there's a little article here that says that confession is more than obtaining Christ's forgiveness for sin. Confession is agreeing with God and recognize that our thoughts, words, and actions are wrong and contrary to His will. You know, we're already born again, but then when we angry or we sin, driving car too fast, uh, sin can disorient us and cause us to lose sight of what is right and wrong. In confession, we reorient ourselves so to, to what is right. Confession is about seeing ourselves, our sins, and our God clearly. Repentance isn't complete, though. It isn't complete if it ends with confession. Repentance must include change of heart, behavior, when. When you sin and are truly sorry, confess this to God, ask for His forgiveness, and accept His accept His grace and mercy. And then, with a clear confession, turn and run from sin. So you're going to say, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, Lord, that you've forgiven us now and forever, and we thank you, Lord God, that only our feet need cleansing, Lord God. We contaminate our feet because we live in a broken world, and we thank you, Lord God, that we recognize that, Lord God. And, Lord, our judgment and our thoughts, Lord, I ask you to clean our thoughts, Lord. Purge us, Lord God, and set us right again, Lord. And keep our hearts pure, Lord, so we may seek Thee more clearly, see You more clearly, and know Thee more near, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, okay, uh, should I go ahead and read, or you want to comment on what we read? Um, good. Clearly, he was... You did pretty yeah. good there. I thought you even—I thought I even heard you mention Shamu's name. Shamu. <laughs> <laughs> but it was Shalom. 
I just like I kept going like will this end or not <laughs> well you know it's really interesting it seems like uh, some of the ladies already had kids yeah you know they can't <clears throat> they got married with kids because they said and their children and over here at the end each of these men so some even had children by their yeah. wives and it seems like it wasn't that many, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know, but uh, really interesting how how uh, how much uh, how all these guys got enticed or lured away to marry pagan women. You know, it must have been a frenzy. So many of them available. You know, the, the other women have traveled, have been beaten up. The, 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 their women were out there working the fields, you know, and, and uh, very hard individuals. While these ones were just at home putting powder on, didn't travel, you know, so they had a chance to take care of themselves. So these guys naturally inclined into them, I would think. Anyway, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 through 20 says, when when one of you has a dispute with another believer, how dare you file a lawsuit and ask a secular court to decide the matter instead of taking it to other believers? Don't you realize that someday we believers will judge the world? And since you are going to judge the world, can't you decide even these little things among yourselves? Don't you realize that we will judge angels, so you should surely be able to resolve ordinary disputes in this life. If you have legal disputes about such matters, why go to outside judges who are not respected by the church? I am saying this to shame you. Isn't there anyone in all of the church who is wise enough to decide these issues? But instead, one believer sues another right in front of unbelievers. Even to have such lawsuits with one another is is a defeat for you. Why not just accept the in, injustice and leave it at that? Why not let yourself be cheated? Instead, you yourself are the ones who do wrong and cheat even your fellow believers. Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourself. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or are greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheat people. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right with God by calling on the name of of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I am allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say, food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food. This is true, though someday God will do away with both of them. But you can't say that our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. And God will raise us from the dead by His power, just as He raised our Lord from the dead. Don't you realize that, you, that your bodies are actually parts of Christ? 
Should a man take his body, which is part of Christ, and join it to a prostitute? Never. And don't you realize that if a man joins himself to a prostitute, he becomes one body with her? For the scripture says the two are united into one, but the person who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. <clears throat> For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. <clears throat> Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Amen. First yeah. Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. is um, I really like when it says that our bodies, <clears throat> God wants us to take care of our bodies, get our sleep, get our exercise, eat properly. Uh and take care of the body, but not emotionally disturbing it, you know, uh, with chaos. And uh, But, you know, to nurture it the way God intended for it to be. So, so and you can respond in gratitude easily. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And also says that the Father and the Son live in me. They live in a... Mm, who lives in you and was given to you by God. Mm-hmm. So we tend to listen to God. We listen to the Father. They speak through us. My words are not my words, but the Father, He, the Holy Spirit, He, He, He rolls out the words, you know. I had to get my mind out of the way and let my spirit speak through me when I speak to people about I told Anthony to that free money is the reason he's getting VA money or something, go to school $1,500 and you know, free money because it destroys people, and you're seeing that. That I told them, give 10% of your money to poor children. I, I told them, and then you know that maybe a, a matter of um, stabilizing God's grace in his life. But I don't know what if that was God or that was me that I said that. You know, if it was the Lord speaking through me the beginning it talks about uh, don't you realize that someday we believers will judge the world and since you're going to judge the world can't you decide even these little things among yourselves and don't you realize that, that we will judge angels so it so we're going to judge the world I mean how does that I mean I'm just trying to envision what that sounds like. pretty good to me I, I think I, we would make great judges you know it's common sense a lot of things you have God inside of you you know I think I think. But this sounds to me like it's going to be after. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm glad after you. After we leave. Yes. Yeah. Of course. He did afterwards, but it's you know it's not neither here nor there, but he really is like extremely wise. He says, "Hey, don't you have someone wise enough for you that can be yeah. what a mediator? Yeah. Someone with that's what we have in AA. Right. We have a lot of wise individuals that can, in a microsecond, help you judge the situation." Yeah, you know, I, I thought about my situation that happened a few years back when I had to take that situation to, to the court, but I did try to resolve it amongst, you know, laying out things and 
I was it trying was reasoning, to talk, huh? yeah. And then when we did get to the court, the mediator did step in and he did come to an agreement, only the agreement wasn't met. You know, but I think that there's just some people that aren't going to be, you're not going to be able to convince that they're in the wrong. But then if this says here, why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that? Why not let yourselves be cheated? Instead, you yourselves are the ones who do wrong and cheat even your fellow believers. I, I don't understand that one. How you cheat them? By taking them to court? By keeping a, a grievance against them? I don't understand. By not giving them uh, forgiveness? You know, God sets things straight. I remember I needed to make an amends to this uh, girlfriend. Mm -hmm. You know, say sorry for my conduct and this and that. I, mm -hmm. I was drunk and I threw one of her shoes out the window. Out of a car, speeding car. Mm -hmm. And, um... Oh, your arms are... And, uh... Later on, uh, and this is some people already have... For See, right here, it reminds you, they have forgiven you. <laughs> And there ain't no sense for me to be trying to make an amends for forgiveness. All I have to do is I forgive myself, God forgive me, and I forgive. Now, if they have forgiven you, see, that's what, that was the case because I, I wanted to give, and I had a dream that there was a hedge of, uh, of, of uh, a hedge, green hedge, grass, and the person was on the other side walking and with a big smile just waved at me, you know, from the other side. And to me, that was like, it's all right. Okay. I've forgiven you. I got Christ in me. Everything's Amen. grand. And just think about it. Just thought about it. All the things that we we uh, we did wrong here and there, you know, mm -hmm. took taxes or whatever, right. you know, tags at, or taking things. Um, we've been forgiven too, and we need to accept the forgiveness. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. But it's just amazing how the Bible just addresses any situation you have. I just amazed how these things come up about whether you're eating in front of people and you don't want them to make them stumble because they're, you know, they get upset because by what you eat in front of them, you know, it's just, it's a great instruction manual. Yeah, let me read the uh, commentary. It says, society has set up a legal system in which disagreements can be resolved in courts. But Paul declares that Christians should not have to go to court to resolve their differences. Paul appeals to the Corinthians using family-oriented language in the Greek. In Paul's thinking, believers are family. From this standpoint, Paul's argument makes better sense. Why would family members sue each other? And why should they ask outsiders to be the judge and jury when they don't know a thing about the family? It simply doesn't make sense. Family problems should be resolved by those who know them and share their values. Interesting, huh? Paul doesn't stop there. He challenges the Corinthians believers to accept the injustice and leave it at that. Peter makes a similar argument by appealing to Christ's own suffering, 1 Peter 3, 17 and 18. Today, many, many simply avoid conflict altogether, happy to let a rift remain. The Corinthians were weakening, wrecking havoc, but at least they were confronting the issues. Paul would have strong words for our indifference. God's family shouldn't be full of people who won't speak to each other. Do you have conflicts with other believers that you, that you abandon? 
Jesus instructs us to be reconciled with others before worshiping God. Amen. Okay, pray in the Psalms. Pray for the godly who are being crushed by life's injustice. Pray for their continual faithfulness and the Lord's favor. Lord, we pray, Father God, for all the, the believers that are being hurt. Father, for proclaiming the gospel, Lord. I pray for all the Asian believers, Lord God, and for the Korean believers. I pray that you heal their wounds, Lord, and soften their hearts so they're captives, Lord God. Oh, Lord God, your word says that they, those who please you will even find favor with God and man, Lord. Lord, do not let mercy and, and, mercy and truth leave them, Lord. Bless them. We pray for your continual faithfulness in their behalf. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 31, 9 through 18. Have mercy on, on me, Lord, for I am in distress. Tears blur my eyes. My body and soul are withered away. I am dying from grief. My years are shortened by sadness. Sin has drained my strength. I am wasting away from, from within. I am scorned by all my enemies and despised by my neighbors. Even my friends are afraid to come near me. When they see me on the street, they run the other way. I am ignored if I were, as if I were dead, as if I were a broken pot. I have heard the many rumors about me, and I am surrounded by terror. My enemies conspire against me, plotting to take my life. But I am trusting you, O Lord, saying, You are my God, my future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. Let your favor shine on your servant. In your unfailing love, rescue me. Don't let me be disgraced, O Lord, for I call out for you for help. Let the wicked be disgraced. Let them be silent. Let them lie silent in the grave. Silence their lying lips, these proud and arrogant lips that accuse the godly. Amen. The Lord is, Psalm, Proverbs 21, 3. The Lord is more pleased when we do what is right and just than when we offer Him sacrifices. The Lord is more pleased when we do what is right and just than when we offer Him sacrifices. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. That says a lot in every area of our lives. What is right and just in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I, I, I like the way Paul kind of, like, can you look at this list? It says, those who indulge in sexual sin or worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards or are abusive or cheap people. It says, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. But it, then he goes on to say, some of you were like that, but you were cleansed and were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So that kind of tells you, like, you've already been forgiven. If you, if you, you know, if you called on the name of the Lord, then if you made any of these mistakes, you've been made holy. Nice, huh? Amen. Amen. Oh, um, that his wife texted back and wanted to know. Hang on, babe. Huh?